AEC Business, the construction industry's innovation and technology show. Hello and welcome to episode 145 of the AEC Business Podcast. My name is Arni Heiskanen. I recently visited Hyperion Robotics, a 3D concrete printing startup, and met with Fernando de los Rios, the co-founder and CEO. I first asked him to tell me about their journey so far. As you said, I'm Fernando, and I'm the CEO and one of the co-founders of Hyperion. Uh, my background is uh, in business. Um, I had a couple of uh, startups before, and I started working in the in the finance sector. Um, that's where what made me realize that I wanted to uh, never work for a company and become an entrepreneur. Uh, and now I have been in the uh, construction 3D printing space for around uh, six, seven years. Um, so um, Hyperion started um, in uh, end of 2018-2019. Um, it was really um, we really had the goal of bringing automation to this uh, very uh, old-style uh, construction industry, right? Old-school, uh, very conservative industry. So lots of room for innovation, um, also for uh, new type of processes, efficiencies. Uh, and this is why it was, even though I didn't come from the industry, it was very interesting uh, to me to see um, all the potential there. So this is how Hyperion uh, was born. And then uh, it's been through lots of um, in iterations, uh, conversations with clients, with uh, people in the industry, uh, bringing my co-founders also to the team that we have um, reached uh, the, the current status of the company, let's say, the current focus, uh, and I believe that's what we're talking about, we're going to, to talk about today. Why did you choose 3D printing or additive manufacturing in the first place? Yeah, um, well, the 3D printing is a very interesting technology. Uh, in the beginning, it was, um, it was kind of a, uh, having a um, a knowledge of, of a tool, for example, um, Ashish, my one of my co-founders, he's been doing 3D printing, uh, research in 3D printing for the past 10 years, building 3D printers uh, from scratch, for all kinds of materials. Uh, so in the beginning, it was uh, like trying to uh, to find a, um, a problem for a tool that we already had some kind of knowledge about, um, but. Um, and then uh, again, it's been kind of an evolution where we have tailored our solution, which involves 3D printing, uh, to be able to uh, to help different kinds of construction companies, industrial companies become more sustainable and automated. So uh, maybe being more direct on that question, um, we use 3D printing because we can uh, save materials, so we can develop structures that are optimized that otherwise you could not do, or it would be very complex to do with traditional molds. Uh, it's an automated process, which means it's more efficient, it's faster. Um, and, and then it also uh, gives us the possibility of using new materials. So it's very interesting that we can combine this uh, new um, production tool also with more sustainable and advanced materials. Uh, so we know that there are several through the 3D printing companies or startups already uh, and has, has been, as you said, uh, some have been working on those for many years. 
What makes your solution uh, different or what is your competitive edge, so to speak? Yeah, uh, that's a great question. And um, well, something we are uh, focusing on is on, on finding the right applications for 3D printing. Um, trying to look into where can we maximize um, efficiency, where, where we can uh, save the most amount of materials, where uh, is the end product going to be uh, the most efficient for our clients, right? Uh, and one example is the foundations, uh, right? We printed the, probably the first foundation, optimized foundation in the world uh, that uses 75% uh, less materials compared to traditional foundations. There are several strategies when it comes to 3D printing. One is that you print the whole building or the, the maybe even a house. Uh, and then there are those, as, as you said, that, that do like uh, building components more. Do you think that uh, each of these approaches have their place in the universe or, or do you prefer the do you think that it's it makes sense more sense to do that uh, to these uh, building parts and then assemble the final product from those it i think that it really um, it makes sense to use certain systems or certain approaches uh, for different kinds of uh, goals let's say right um, we believe that for building components for optimized components like reinforced foundations, then perhaps um, the micro factories, which is our current solution, is the best approach. Um, if we are thinking of other kinds of elements like, like homes, which are quite popular now, uh, then maybe the in-situ uh, big system is what makes more sense. So there are several systems that work better for different applications. And this is why we are uh, focusing on certain applications where our technology is the, the most efficient. Um, you mentioned micro factories. Can you tell us about w what those are? Yeah, of course. So the micro factory is our main solution. Uh, and it's a, if you can think of a, a mobile unit uh, that you can uh, ship from side to side. So you can either have it in a traditional factory where you produce and ship the elements, but also if there are some um, complex logistics or projects that are in um, uh, remote locations, you can easily pack it in a container and, and ship it to site and produce right there. So this is uh, the concept of a microfactory, right? And the microfactory can have one robotic system or it can have uh, multiple robotic systems depending on the scale of the project. Uh, and these uh, systems help our clients that are in mainly in industrial and infrastructure sectors uh, to, uh, um, to reduce their lead times. So they are less time on site. So that also helps reducing overhead costs. Uh, the process is faster. Uh, they save money, of course, first because they can save materials, but also because they use fewer people in the process. Uh, so time, money saved, uh, and also CO2 savings, right? Because saving material, use of recycled materials, which is another very unique thing of what we are offering, uh, almost zero waste. Um, and then uh, last but not least, um, we re help reduce health and safety risks, right? So um, less, uh, fewer people uh, in the project means uh, less risk. And we have our robotic systems doing all the, the hard and dirty work. Uh, so this is how we provide benefits through our micro factories.
I, I saw a demonstration, or maybe it was a pilot project with Peiko. Yes. Uh, uh, or it's it's a, as a video you can watch it online, and I, I think that I've also shared it with my audience. Uh, can you tell us uh, a bit about that pilot project? What what did you actually do, and what kind of results did you get from that? Yeah, so this was a, a great project that we did in collaboration with Peiko. Uh, Peiko, for the ones that don't know, is this um, leading uh, steel component manufacturer for construction for the construction industry. And we partnered with them to, uh, uh, to do the first deployment of our microfactory. So one and a half hours away from uh, Helsinki, where we are located. Uh, in one day, we set up our microfactory. And in three to four days, we manufactured uh, almost 20 optimized foundations. Um, so it was quite um, uh, an interesting project. Uh, we received around uh, even more than 100 visitors. Uh, from construction, from precast, uh, from the local municipalities. Uh, so uh, lots of attention that, that we were able to generate. Uh, but of course, we wanted to, to showcase and prove the, the large-scale capabilities of our microfactories. Uh, so what's going to happen next is that we are going to test uh, all of these foundations. Uh, and this is going to give us a, a large enough sample to show our future clients that um, our structures or the structures built with our technology, uh, they actually perform um, as per the local code uh, and also the engineering requirements. So uh, these are some of the, the goals that we wanted to reach uh, by de developing this project. When it comes to construction, uh, one of the reasons why companies are not um, not implementing new technologies is that they they fear that there are certain risks involved in ter in terms of risk management what wh what would you say about your solution yeah def that's definitely there are different factors that our clients um, consider uh, being construction being such a conservative industry uh, so uh, number one I would say is uh, quality control uh, so we want to make sure that the structures produced with our technology uh, are um, as good or even better than the traditionally uh, built structures. Uh, and what we do, and this is also connected with the, the, the code compliance, right? Uh, we follow a rigorous testing regime from small scale um, to the materials and also to a full scale of the structures uh, where we can show uh, that the structures reach certain uh, properties, certain, uh, for example, mechanical properties, compressive tensile strength, uh, different characteristics um, related to durability perhaps. Um, here in Finland, which is quite cold, uh, we need freeze and thaw resistance. Uh, sometimes for underground elements we need um, iron chloride penetration, chemical attack resistance. So these are all the things that we need to have in order. Uh, and we show um, with, with lab testing certificates to, uh, to our clients that we are able to comply. Um, and we also provide them with the different protocols that are needed uh, to, to properly follow and be able to, to get the, the right results. So this is, um, these are a couple of ways that we manage this risk. You recently um, raised uh, 3 million euros funding. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> what, what does that kind of uh, funding allow you to do? Yeah, um, and thank you, Arnie. It's 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 quite exciting uh, because we see it as a great validation 
um, from from the great investors that we have brought to the table. Um, well, what uh, this allows us is to, as you can see, we have um, scaled up our facilities capabilities from a small garage um, that you visited one year ago uh, to these larger R&D facilities. Uh, we have bought a few new robots also, so it allows us to uh, to scale up our R&D, but also to be able to, to take our technology to, to a commercial point, which uh, we have already done by deploying this first unit, right? So it's giving us the resources to be able to deploy more micro factories to different uh, companies around the world, uh, to improve our processes, uh, to, um, to work further on, on our strategy of using recycled materials also in concrete. Uh, so um, it's definitely um, a great push uh, for us to, um, to get further in our mission. You develop uh, hardware solutions in a way you develop uh, materials and also software. If you think about the percentages of, of the development efforts, how much do they uh, cover? Yeah, it's, uh, it's difficult to, to put up a percentage, uh, but um, what I can tell you is that um, we, uh, we are using some existing uh, components, uh, such as the KUKA robots, such as the, the different pumping systems, which allow us to, uh, to focus on, on the, the specific parts where we are the, the real experts, right? Uh, such as the, um, the software, for example, and this is one of the main parts of our technology. The, the engineering also, how we are able to create these optimized structures tailored to our 3D printing technology, uh, the materials as well, um, and also the part of the hardware, which is basically the, the integration between the different parts um, and, and, and then, uh, for example, the, the printing head, uh, which were, where we have all the sensors, um, all the, um, the quality control is being um, installed there and integrated with the different systems. So I don't have a number for you, uh, but perhaps at some point. Uh, it's really a combined effort between the different parts of the company. So you cannot take one part away and still do the same. So it's, it's really essential to have all those. Yeah. I, I see, yeah. Let's say I'm a structural engineer uh, and I want to use your solution. Who, who does the design actually? Is it you or the engineer? Um, it's normally a collaboration with, between um, our team, our team of engineers, and um, the engineering team of our clients. Um, so if you are the structural engineer, you should have a client also that wants to use our technology. And in that case, what we would do is have um, several workshops where we would together come up with a, a design um, unless you want to use one of our existing designs, again, bringing up the foundation, right? Uh, or we may do some like uh, tailored changes for specific projects. Uh, but in the end, it's the engineer who is uh, the one responsible of approving those designs. Where, where should I start if I'm, an, let's say, an engineering company or a client? Uh, where, where do I start with you? Yeah, I can uh, tell you a bit more about the, the typical process. Yeah. Uh, so um, a client, for example, a, a client uh, could be a, uh, a large infrastructure company, a company that delivers projects in the infrastructure sector or industrial sector, and they want to improve their processes, they want to be more sustainable. 
So they come to us and what we would do is we can either lease uh, or sell our micro factories. Uh, so they could get uh, the micro factories for a certain period, for example, six months to 12 months, or they can just buy it uh, straight away. And, um, and what we would do is that we would um, in parallel work together to come up with um, the, the designs, the structures that they want to be able to produce once they get the micro factory. Um, and once it's ready uh, to be shipped, we install it um, and then we train their team uh, for them to start operating it and then we provide support. Uh, so, so this is a kind of a summary of, of the process of, of how it typically works. Well, you mentioned already a little bit about your plans for uh, scaling up your company, but w what, what's next in the future for you when it comes to uh, growing your company? Yeah, we, uh, we started last year with uh, a few pilot projects uh, with some very big companies in the energy sector, in the mining sector, um, in the industrial sector. Uh, so uh, as you can see uh, or hear, um, a little bit further away from, from real estate. Uh, it's just really what, what the market has been demanding from us and this is how we ended up uh, choosing this. So what's next is basically scaling up those pilot projects that we had and also working on some uh, larger projects with new clients. Uh, and because these are quite uh, big companies with projects all around the world, uh, it's very interesting because we can scale up within the projects that they have uh, all over the world. So that's our plan. It's basically to solidify um, these relationships um, with strategic clients and partners around the world from different sectors and be able to, to accompany and grow with them um, and, and deploy as many microfactories all over the world. Thank you, Fernando, and uh, let's talk again soon. All right. Thank you, Adney. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to this podcast and visit aec-business.com, the award-winning blog, for more news and stories.